You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Talk some Jets and Giants. Also talk a little Knicks. I'll give you my thoughts on the Knicks on this West Coast trip a little bit. Right now, we'll continue the conversation with you on the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Kenny is in Brooklyn. Kenny, you are next on 98.7. Yeah, how you doing? Thank you, man, for making me the first one on here. I can't. I never had that before. Hi, Kenny. Um, hello? Yeah, we're here, Kenny. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. I'm so mad. I got to calm down. Okay, everything <laughs> is about Joe Douglas. You guys in the sports media in New York have to embarrass this man to come on and do some interviews. It's absolutely unacceptable that this man hasn't been doing interviews when this team looks so bad. He's an offensive lineman. He should be better than this. If you guys talk him out of his shell, he'll be embarrassed enough to finally do some interviews. But it's unacceptable that Joe Douglas is not doing some interviews, talking to the fans about the terrible state of this team as general manager. And you guys in the sports media, you got to embarrass him every single day, mention his name until he does some interviews with you guys, all right? All right, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. Here's the deal. Uh, we can talk and try to embarrass him as much as possible, but the NFL has, you know, their guidelines when the general manager speaks. He normally speaks uh, beginning of the year, you know, during the, you know, during training camp, one night he'll speak a couple times. Uh, he always speaks after the bye week, speaks after well, speaks after the draft, speaks during training camp, speaks after the bye week, and then he'll speak after the end of the season. That's normally how it goes in the National Football League. Uh, so, you know, even if we wanted to embarrass him even further or try to talk him out or make him come out or make him do make him try to make him speak or anything of that nature, that's not the way it happens in the in the National Football League. They have specific times when. Uh, the the, the uh, coaches, the general manager speaks. And it's frustrating because I know that as fans, you want to hear what he's got to say. You want to hear what the play, you want to hear what, what what's going on. What Why is this happening? You want to know. And Robert Sala has been the person, you know, listen, that's part of the job. You get to speak to the media every single day, except on a Tuesday during the football season and after every game. So you've heard a lot of Robert Sala. But you want to know what's going on with the makeup of this team, what's happening. And you're not going to hear from Joe Douglas till the end of the season. Just not. Nor will you hear from the owner until the end of the season. John's in South Florida. John, you're next on 98.7. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, sir. Two questions. Do you think that initial hit on, uh, on Zach where uh, Chubb just drilled his head into the ground, caused him a concussion, should have been a roughing the passer. Not that it would have mattered the way that got totally wiped off, you know, the face of the earth, the Jets, but that, that I think that should have been a penalty. What do you think about that, please? And I have one more question. Uh, ask your second question, and I'll answer the first one after that. Yes, sir. And the second question is, what is the reason? I can see, you know, Aaron Rodgers being on the sideline. He's trying to get back into the groove of things and stuff. But why does he have to have a headset on like he's a coach? Uh, <laughs> that just, just – you don't see that with injured players on the sidelines and they're, you know, not dressed out. They don't wear headphones and they're communicating upstairs. And it's, it's ridiculous, I think. And that's what I wanted to say about that, please. All right, John. Thanks for the phone call. First of all, I did think it should have been uh, roughing the passer. 
because it was what the rule is. It's above the it was above the neck, and so for me, I thought it was a roughing the passer because not that he brought him down, but he brought him down with the hand with the forearm above the neck, which drove him into the turf. So I did think that should have been a roughing the passer. Um, they just like to do that for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has free reign. Normally. Your, your quarterbacks do have the headphones in their ear, whether they are – some of them are inactive and do have it. Uh, so I, I don't see any harm in it. He's just trying to listen to get an idea of what the play call and stuff is. But what is so funny is his reaction to some of these play calls. See, that's the <laughs> – that's him shaking his head. That's him like, you know, what what's going on and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, listen – Aaron Rodgers has carte blanche to do what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. And nobody's going to say anything bad about that because, you know, listen, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, he brought, he, uh, they brought the offensive coordinator in to lure him in because they felt that they could work together. And I'm sure it was probably on his uh, list of items. Now, the, of course, the team is denying that there was ever a list, but, and maybe it wasn't a list per se. But there had to be some conversations as to the things that he would prefer to have to come here. And so far, the Billy Turner move has been a zero. Okay? The uh, uh, the receivers moves have been zero. And to be honest, the coordinator move has been zero. <laughs> so uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm... You knew when you were getting in with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and many calls have said it. You knew what was coming along when you got in with him. It was a roll of the dice. It had better work. Year one, it's been a disaster. Can it be recovered? Perhaps. We'll find out. But a lot of things have to go your way. A lot of things. Changes in personnel has to go your way. Changes in coaches because, see, here's the thing for me. And you know my disclaimer, I'm not going for anybody's job. But I will say this. Previous experience has said to me that consecutive losing seasons of three, again, no playoffs for 13 consecutive years, you can't bring everybody back. I mean, you can't. How are you running this back? It has not worked. Well, they had injuries. You lose your quarterback. You lose, uh, okay. Still, they were winning, right? They had a 4-3 and three record without the quarterback. So they were doing some things right. They beat a Philadelphia team without the quarterback. So there's something else that's going on, okay? There's something else. And for me, what it is is the fact that the adjustments where I thought they were doing a better job, they've not done that this year, not consistently enough. That's why they find themselves in the position they find themselves in with the same things happening to them over and over and over again. I mean, how many times does Jalen Waddle have to score touchdowns for you to do something to try to get him out of the game, take him out of the game? I mean, scheme-wise. What? what? There's got to be something else you could try. It's got to be. 
These guys know more football than I do. They do. They definitely do. I'm, I will concede that. So there's no way to scheme him out? How come teams can scheme Gary Wilson out, but you can't scheme their number one receiver out? I, I don't know. I don't know how Jeff fans do it. And I've been covering this team, and I've watched this team for years, for years. And I've spoken to so many Jeff fans over that time and the frustration and the angst and, and just banging their head against the wall and why does this happen? What's going on? Why is this this way? Why, what, who? And once again, once again, you're shaking your head at a performance against a conference, a divisional and conference opponent where you had, once again, you just look so ill-prepared. And you saw how they played on Monday night. You knew they were going to be psyched out. You knew they were going to be ready. But they were so confident, so confident about today. This little Tyreek Hill, take an extra week. We got this. We're good. We're good. I know it was supposed to be left up to him. I get it. I get it. They knew. They knew. More of your calls next on 9870 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. The local football fan. It was a tough day for both the Jets and the Giants. Tough day. Tough day. Let's head back to the phones. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, look what the cat dragged in. Buddha from the Bronx, baby. <laughs> 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 oh my god you know i got that chest shot written on my face i hear it and it's truly sarcastic because it's not and it's not funny at all and i feel really bad for myself for a lot of the other jet fans that i know that have been through the absolute you know what with this team but i told you man in that 2014 season I started weaning myself off of this team, man. And, you know, like, I hate this. Listen, Unk, you remember that Saturday? You hosted that show. It was pre-draft. I said, please don't draft Jack and Zach Wilson. Please mm-hmm. don't do that to me. Yep. I watch college football. I knew. Oh, Buddha, get on board or get on board. Or, you know, and, 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 and where are those guys at now? And then I said, Joe Douglas, the moonwalker, 2014 had nothing, nothing, not nothing, N-U-T-T-I-N, nothing to do with him. After he promised Sam Dollar's parents he was going to take care of him and fix the offensive line. Circa 2023, we're still waiting. Yeah. Okay? And you know what? As much as I don't like Zach Wilson, not as a human being, as a football player, I respect that his agent, whoever leaked that out, said, I don't know if I want to go back in there because I might get hurt. Because mm-hmm. guess what happened today? He got, he got hurt. hurt. Yep. And, and you and, – and, and listen, there's only a few enemies that I have throughout my life that I will put behind that Jets offensive line. <laughs> and I got to really – I mean – it's got to be that kind of beef, like where you understand what I'm saying? Like I don't want you existing on this earth anymore. <laughs> okay? Wow. I mean, listen. 
Thanks for the phone call. Um, listen, it's 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 they got to make some changes. You're right, Buddha. And here's the thing: Jalen Brunson's ball dominant, Julius Randle's ball dominant, R.J. Barrett's ball dominant. So three of your five starters 
are ball-dominant guys. That's why Quentin Grimes is there, was there for his defense and scored when they got him the ball occasionally. And, you know, they made a change there, and you see a little bit more freedom and offense from Grimes, okay? But, you know, this team, this team, and I'm very curious to hear what Pat O'Keefe is going to say because he's been calling games, doing a great job calling games here on 98.7 ESPN. And so he's watched them, he's traveled, he's watched them, he's watched them up close. So I'm real curious to hear what he's got to say at the top of the hour. But it's it's this team, while we think, you know, on paper, though there's four, five, six, they might be closer to six than four, five. All right? Miami's going to be better. Miami's always, Miami is a slow starter, medium, but they close strong. Okay? And defensively, this Nick team is not defending as well as they did last year. It's not even close. You see how they, they're not closing in on the three? They're not, you know, it's, it's a lot of issues. We'll talk about them in a couple of minutes. Subi's in Midtown. What's up, Subi? Hey, glad you can get me in with this uh, offensive line issue. Is it one offseason enough to fix it? Because no. uh, my theory is that you stock up on first-round draft picks by trading your premier talent because – you're going to see the deja vu next year. You have supreme talent at wide receiver, but if you're willing to trade Garrett Wilson for two first-round picks, I think you can fix the in and then go from out, if you know what I'm saying. You fix the yeah. interior and then worry about the wings later. Let's put it that way. And I think at the end of the day, this core issue is with the New York sports teams is that they're buying into their hype every week. And the teams like Buffalo Bills, who if you see that they in, invested in that running back, James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother, mm-hmm. he's a talent that worked harder than Dalvin Cook this, did this year. And you can see it by the way he moves out of that backfield. So Buffalo Bills doing it the right way, and the Jets are not. Let's put it that way. That's all I got to say. All right, Subi, thanks for the phone call. I am reluctant to give up. I hear what you're saying. But I'm reluctant to give up uh, Gary Wilson. Um, to go that way because, and I'll tell you why, because I'm not guaranteed that the offensive lineman I'm going to get is going to make an impact right away. Offensive linemen tend to take a, a year or two, unless they're, unless they're exceptional, tend to take a year or two before they get to be better. I think what the Jets will probably do is draft two they got two in this year's draft. They'll try to work on them, and they'll, they'll have to sign a couple as a free agent. That's what they're going to have to try to do. It can't be done in one year. They can try to upgrade it in a year where it is a – can it at least be – and this is compared to the way it's been. Can it at least be to the point where they are decent? Because there's not, there's very few exceptional offensive lines in the National Football League. Very few. Can this line be decent? Can this be a decent offensive line? That's where they have to get to at this point. Can they go from where they are to, if they go from where they are to decent, to decent, that's like a huge upgrade because they're nowhere close to that now. Nowhere close. Even before the injuries, they had lots of questions on the offensive line. Lots. And they still haven't figured it out. Haven't. And, and, 
And here's the sad thing. It's not like they've ignored it. They've drafted. They've signed as free agents. But understand, when they signed the players they did, look at the quality of the players. And remember, to, on the other side of it, really good offensive linemen are not available because you lock them up. If you have an offensive lineman that's available, most of the time it's because they're on the decline. And teams are like, well, we're not going to pay him this amount of money. We see there's a decline. So we let him go a year early and we'll draft a backup. And we know, and so hopefully there'll be enough experience on the line where we can hide the backup or give him tight end help or do whatever we have to do. But we're not going to continue to invest a whole lot of money in them. And so those offensive linemen become available now. That that's the issue. And so that's where you that's that's where you are. Okay, and that's where the Jets are right now. They've got a bunch of offensive linemen that aren't really good. And they don't talk, and they don't know how to cover for each other, and they don't they, they have no, you know. And once again, I mean, I mean, let's face it, they have 13, 13 different starting lineups at the offensive linemen. That's that's unheard of. 13 different combinations of offensive linemen they've started this year. 13. It's incredible. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Trying to soothe the anguish. Of the Jet and Giant fan today. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Jets and Giants lose today by a combined 54 to 6 score. Thank you, Giants, for putting some points on the board. Jets did not. Oh, rough day. Spike is in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Hello, my friend. I'll tell you, Buddha, I know you're smiling now. You conned me into this call. He called you out. <laughs> he called me out, and, and, and he, then he posted a picture of some delicious-looking octopus on, oh. on his timeline. I oh. mean, he, he's the master of deception, that guy. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, Buddha, you know I love you. But I got to tell you something. When the Sixers play the Knicks, I ain't rooting for the Sixers. So, so here's, here's what I saw. He's 100% correct. The guy knows sports inside out. And I got to, again, give, give him the props. He was the first guy to call out the Jets. He was the first guy to call out the GM. And, and by the way, Boot, I made the same mistakes. Q-tips are not made by Johnson & Johnson. They're called cotton swabs. They're made by another company. So let's stay with Band-Aids and baby shampoo. All joking aside, I, got, I had, you know, my stepson over, for, just flew back out to visit mom and grandma and all that, and, and we were watching the Nick game last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've I'm watched and uh, taken him to a lot of Nick games for that season tickets. And now he's a 31-year-old flea sergeant. Wow. And we're watching the game, and twice when quickly was dribbling east-west, I said, you got to stop that. I, look, I like Emmanuel quickly. He's not Tyrese Maxey that Buddha's got, but Emmanuel quickly is not a point guard. We know mm-hmm. that, Larry. He's yeah. a two guard, but he's too small. So the best four guards in the league, you could mix them up any way you want. Three of them are 6'1". Brunson, Damian Lillard, 
the kid on what's the kid on Cleveland now? Uh, the the Mets the Mets father. Um, oh, Donovan Don, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So you got three six one guys, and then you got SGA who played at Kentucky a year before quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so you got and then obviously Maxi played with him. Anyway, the bottom line is Thibodeau can't do that, Buddha. He can't. He can't. Julius Randle, I'll give him all the credit in the world for one thing. As much as we love basketball, Larry, you and I, he shows up every day. He does. Sometimes I wish he didn't show up. The fadeaway <laughs> is when I watched Chamberlain as a kid taking that fadeaway off the glass. I don't mm-hmm. think you saw Chamberlain. You're too young. But maybe you did. But, uh, but Last year's. Last year's. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but he mm-hmm. still took that fadeaway off the glass. You know, a guy that big. And Julius Randle, I thought last night he was going to have a fist fight. He's just very, very strong, but he's he he's such a he slows everything down. What bothers me this year, and then I'll get off. And great to talk to you, Larry. I gotta tell you something. We're watching the game, and Chris says to me, "Why is it scores are so high? Seventy? I said seventy. But look at the Knicks' last seven games. They've mm-hmm. lost their defensive integrity. They, they totally have. lost it. They can't close out. They're nope. missing by three, four steps. So." He's right. Buddha's right. They could even fall to a playoff team. But after they won the game, what I saw last night is Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to catch flack for this, mm-hmm. but Kawhi Leonard's still a top ten player in the NBA. And he, yeah, he is. And and you know why? And you he, know why he, he is that way, Spike? Because he's still efficient. He's so efficient, and he looks like he's half asleep taking his free throws. <laughs> but last thing I'll tell you, he has an opt out. He's the youngest guy of the four old guys on that court. Who mm-hmm. I said to Chris last night, I said, you know, if the Knicks hang in this game, even with a back-to-back and traveling, those guys are going to be winded. And yeah. the winded guys were the guys on the Knicks. Because Kawhi Leonard, if he opts out, he could be the mercenary and come over and put us with the top three teams. Do you agree? Yes, I do. I do. My only thing, and Spike, it's always good to hear from you, my friend. Thanks for checking in. The only thing that concerns me, it hasn't been that way this year, but... The injury situation with him is my concern. He's been great this year. I mean, last night he ripped the Knicks 36 points on 12 of 16 shooting. 12 of 16 shooting, 5 of 6 from from 3, and 7 of 7 from the free throw line. He is efficient. He's maddening efficient. Like, Like Kevin Durant is so efficient with what they do and how they shoot. You don't see, you know, uh, 12 for 30 or 12 for 32, or, you know, something of that nature. If he's putting up 32 shots, there's he's he's got a shot to hit 70, <laughs> okay? If he's putting up that, that's what he's, that's how efficient he is. I mean, 12 of 16, he got 36. And, you know, defense is, is just like what I always say about the Knicks. It seems as though they have given up they're willing to sacrifice defense to make sure they get their offensive integrity more involved. And where you, you know, where they sometimes relaxed on offense to make sure they kept their defensive intensity, it's now reversed. There's no way, and Spike talked about the last seven games. I'll just give you the second quarter last night. They gave up 42 points in the second quarter. 42. 42. I mean, that, that, that means that the Clippers had, the Clippers had, what, 77 points at halftime? 
77. I mean, and I get scoring is up, but what was the last time you seen a Nick team give up 77 points at halftime? They gave up 144. 144. Not closing out on the three. Not rotating fast enough. I mean, it's it's this team from, and once again, we're talking about the team as it's currently constructed. This team has reached its ceiling. This group of players have reached its ceiling. They can't be any better talent-wise. The only thing you can try to do with them is maybe you can get them to execute a little better. If you try to get them to, and they push the tempo, they've, they've done their paces better. But the long threes, they don't get back on defense. People, <clears throat> excuse me, streak down the court. And they just they, they, they give up layups. They give up the baseline. The fundamentals of defense that this that Thibodeau preaches, this team does not do. They don't do it anymore. They just don't. And so now they are pressured into scoring, having to get in shootouts with teams. And let's be fair. This team does not have the offensive consistency to do that. They don't. This team does not have the offensive consistency to be able to shoot toe-to-toe with teams. And yeah, I mean, you know, Kawhi Leonard with the opt-out, it's intriguing. It is. But, I mean, that's what you're looking at now. Where where are you going to go to try to get more talent? This is going to be interesting trade deadline for Leon Rose in the in the Knicks front office. When we return, we'll recap week 15 in the National Football League on the drive on 98.7 ESPN. National Football League here on the drive on 98.7 ESPN. Pat O'Keefe at the top of the hour will take you up until midnight. Week 15 in the National Football League began when Vegas embarrassed the Chargers 63-21, which led to a coaching and GM change for the Bolts. Then we moved to Saturday. Cincinnati needed overtime to defeat Minnesota 27-24. Bengals improved to 8-6. Indy also 8-6 after their 30-13 win over Pittsburgh. And Detroit earned their 10th win of the season with a 42-17 win over the Denver Broncos. We have spoken enough about the Jets and Giants, or we've covered them. You know both local teams lost. Jets lost 30 zip, and the Giants lost 20 uh, the Giants lost 26 to 6. Now, let's move on. We begin with Kansas City. I was very curious to see how the Kansas City Chiefs would respond after losing last week. Well, it was running back Jarek McKinnon threw for a touchdown, ran for another. Patrick Mahomes passed for 205 yards, two scores. Kansas City beat the Patriots 27-17. Bailey Zappi made his third straight start in place of the bench first-round pick Mac Jones. Bailey completed 23 of 31 passes, 180 yards for the Patriots. New England now 3-11. Lost for the sixth time in seven games and remain in contention for one of the top two picks in the NFL draft. Joe Flacco passed. 
for 374 yards, led Cleveland to 13 points in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, including Dustin Hopkins' go-ahead 34-yard field goal with 32 ticks left on the clock. Browns withstood a Hail Mary on the final play to beat the Bears 2017. Flacco was intercepted three times but made some brilliant throws in the closing minutes to rally the Browns, including a 51-yard touchdown pass to Amari Cooper with 3.08 left that tied the game at 17 all. Baker Mayfield threw for 381 yards and four touchdowns. Tampa Bay won their third straight, 34-20 over Green Bay. This was the third straight season in which Mayfield faced the Packers at Lambeau in December. Huh. Each time for a different team. He threw four interceptions in Cleveland's 24-22 Christmas Day loss to the Packers in 2021. And was the Los Angeles starter when the Rams fell 24-12 last December 19th. Mayfield was sacked five times, just as he was in those other Lambeau Field appearances, but he otherwise was far more successful, going 22 of 28, posting a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Panthers interim head coach Chris Tabor has spent three years coaching Eddie Panero in Chicago and now Carolina, so his confidence in the 28-year-old kicker very high. That's why Tabor had running back Trevor Hubbard intentionally take a dive before the goal line after picking up a first down rather than tying the score with a touchdown so they could run more time off the clock. Panera rewarded his coach by calmly kicking a 23-yard field goal as time expired as the Panthers defeated Atlanta 9-7. Hmm. Kamari Fairborn kicked a 54-yard field goal as time expired in overtime. The Texans rallied from a 13-point deficit without C.J. Stroud to beat the Tennessee Titans 19-6. Texans 8-6 entered today one spot outside the AFC 17 playoff field. Case Keenan made his first start since Week 17 of the 2021 season for Cleveland. He filled in for Stroud, the number two overall pick, who didn't practice all week while in concussion protocol and didn't travel. Keenan threw for 229 yards and helped Houston outgain the Titans, 340-204. to Christian McCaffrey scored three touchdowns. Javarius Ward had two picks, including a pick six. And the San Francisco 49ers pushed their winning streak to six games with a 45-29 win over Arizona. Brock Purdy made his first NFL start at State Farm Stadium, which is about 45 miles from where he grew up. He completed 16 of 25 passes, 242 yards, tied the career high with four touchdowns. Now, during this winning streak, Niners 11-3 have won all their games by at least 12 points. They've also won 12 straight against divisional opponents in the NFC West. Matthew Stafford passed for 258 yards, hit Cooper Cup and Demarcus Robinson for touchdowns, leading the Rams to a 28-20 victory over the free-falling Washington Commanders. Cup's eight receptions for 111 yards were highlighted by a 62-yard touchdown catch right after halftime for the Rams, who are now 7-7 and have won 4-5 to push their way back into the playoff picture, even in a self-described remodeling season. Jacoby Brissett came on, replaced Sam Howell. He went 8 of 10 for 124 yards and two touchdowns to make it interesting. But Washington loses. They will face the Jets next week. James Cook had the career-best 179 yards. Rushing scored twice as Buffalo dominated on the ground. Bills beat Dallas 31-10, ending the Cowboys' five-game winning streak. Josh Allen threw, get this, for just 94 yards. 94 yards. Bills now 8-6, won consecutive games for the first time since a three-game winning streak ended October 1st. Buffalo gained ground in the AFC playoff race, moving one game ahead of Denver 
and Pittsburgh. As far as the Cowboys, well, they clinched their third playoff berth before kickoff thanks to losses by Green Bay and Atlanta and Detroit beating Denver. But nothing else went right for Dallas, which felt a game behind NFC best San Francisco. Cowboys are 7-0 at home, where they've outscored their opponents by combined 279 to 108, dropped to 3-4 and four on the road, where they've been outscored 156 to 152. Sunday night football, Jacksonville and Baltimore tied at three. Monday night football, Eagles visit Seattle to meet the Seahawks. Interesting news coming out of Philly that uh, the former defensive coordinator and former head coach, Matt Patricia, will be calling plays for the Eagles in that game beginning tomorrow night against the Seahawks. And that's a quick look at week 15 in the National Football League on this Sunday. So it's uh, interesting to see where we are. We're getting close. We're running it down. A couple of games left. And uh, fascinating to see how this team, is. this field is going to, uh, you know, how the playoffs are going to end up. As I mentioned for the locals, Miami beat the Jets 30-0. New Orleans beat the Giants by the score of 24-6. to So um, let's take a quick look at the standings right now and just see where we are. Uh, with the playoff hunt, and it's it's really the NFC. You know, it's funny. At the beginning of the year, we thought the NFC was going to be the easier team, you know, the easier conference to make sure that you get playoff spots for, and I think that's still the case, okay? But the the AFC is, is become very interesting because of injuries. All right, so the Ravens are playing right now. They are 10-3. and three. Baltimore, with their win over the Jets, moves up to 10-4. and four. So right now, they're the top two seeds. Kansas City and Cleveland are nine and five. Jacksonville eight and five. They're playing right now. Bengals eight and six. Colts eight and six. Texans eight and six. Buffalo eight and six. Then you got the Steelers and Broncos at seven and seven. You know, and the way Pittsburgh's playing right now, lost three in a row. I'm not sure. They've not been able to make up for the loss of Kenny Pickett because of injury. So that is, uh, you know, that's uh, that's little tough spot for them. So uh, we'll see how that turns out in uh, in the AFC. But it's it's a tight race there. Okay? It's really tight. Really, really tight. Once again, uh, Baltimore and Miami, the top two. Oh, let me check that score, by the way. It's Baltimore 3, Jacksonville nothing. So I gave them a field goal. They did not make that field goal. Even though I thought they were going to re-kick it because it looked like the kicker was uh, – Hit on the play. I saw a flag, but uh, not the case. In the NFC, San Francisco has already clinched, obviously, a playoff spot. They are 11-3. and They've got the best record in the National Football League. Philadelphia now 10-3. and Detroit and Dallas at 10-4. and Tampa is 7-7 and because they sit atop the NFC South right now. So top two seeds, uh, Niners and Eagles. Number three is Detroit. Four would be Tampa as a division winner. And then five would be Dallas. But once again, the Saints are seven and seven as well in that division. So that's going to be fascinating to see how that all turns out with, uh, with the NFC South. But there's an extra playoff spot available because where you would normally probably almost get two out of the division, out of that South, you're only going to get one. That's going to be the division winner. That's going to be it. Nobody else is coming out of that division. Nobody else. And I tell you this, 
Dallas needs to get on the roll here because if they find themselves in the way, the way they've played on the road this year, uh, they need to have a, a, a home field spot because if they don't, it's going to be an issue for them. I don't know if they get out of the first round. Okay, if they're on the road, I don't know. They just they just do not play well on the road. You saw it today against a very focused Buffalo Bills team. This is a Bills team that's trying to make sure they get a playoff spot. I mean, the way they've played recently, I had the feeling, the thought process that they might not get in, they might not get to it. They might not make it. But they put a couple of uh, outings together now. Last week against Kansas City, this week against Dallas. Kansas City on the road, Dallas here. This is a good job by them. That wraps up this edition of The Drive here on 98.7 ESPN. Pat O'Keefe is next. Chantel, Julian, thank you very much. This is 98.7 ESPN.